At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the final segment of our Raider Nation Wednesday mailbag here on Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you may be listening to us. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Good to see you. Hope you like the lights. Uh, you can also subscribe and hit the notifications bell as well. Mo Moten, Scott Branson back with you. By the way, give us both a follow on Twitter. Mo is at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully. We love interacting with you guys there as well, so thank you for that. All right, jumping back in, and we bring back that it's time for more Car Wars. We have the car questions. We saved them for the last segment. I just figured we'd get them all out at the same time. It's sort of like, you know, when you're sick and you just got to get it all up. You ate and you're not feeling good and you just blah. Okay, that's what we're doing. Really? You, you mean this is not the icing on the cake, the car questions? No. This is the kneeling in front of the porcelain god uh, of the show because it's a very polarizing issue. Or as the English would say, English would say issue. Mm. Here, here we go. Okay, Scott and Mo. Here we go. Hold on. Buckle up. What is it with my fellow brothers and sisters in Raider Nation that we cannot come to grips with the need to move on from Derek Carr? I've always liked Derek and wear his jersey to every home game. Wow. But I've come to the point where I realize it's not going to happen with him. I want him to have a chance somewhere else, and we need to move on and think about the future, even if that means taking a step backwards. He clearly listened to our Tuesday show. But taking a step backward from what? Another disappointing non-playoff team? I don't know, guys. Raider Nation needs to wake up and move on. It sucks that we're here, and it sucks for Derek, but it's time for a big heaping dose of reality. That is from Dennis in Santa Clarita, California. Dennis, thank you for the message. All right, so what is it, Mo? I don't think I have the answer. If you and I had the answer to this question, I think we'd be retired already. And it's it goes back to the core issue of why Derek Carr is the most polarizing player in the history of the Raiders. He is. He is. And I Dennis, great question. And I I'm totally I totally understand where you're coming from, but I will say you are one of the more rational Raider <laughs> fans out there. 
If you have Wait. this take, if you wear the guy's jersey and you think it's time to move on, there are not a lot of people. I shouldn't say that. There are some people who wear Derek Carr's jersey and think it's Derek Carr or nothing. But to answer, I will say this, and this isn't absolute, so I'm not putting a blanket and saying this is where everyone falls into these two factions. But I, I made an observation. Older Raider fans who have watched good, great quarter, great quarterback play, to me, they're they're more of the thought that they're ready to move on because they've seen mm. what great looks like. Mm. And they and they don't think their car measures up to that. Younger fans who are closer to my age, who maybe came on during the Rich Gannon years or, or after, or shortly after the Rich Gannon years, haven't seen a quarterback as good as Derek Carr after Rich Gannon. Post-Rich Gannon, it hasn't been good. So Derek Carr is the best they've seen. So they know what it looks like when it's bad. So the Andrew Walters, the Tuiasa Sopos, the Aaron Brooks, they've been through all that, and they, and they go, we don't want to see another Jamarcus Russell. We don't want to <laughs> see another Andrew Walter. We, we'd rather stay average than get worse. And we talked about this on a previous show. Yes, it could get worse, as even Dennis pointed out, but it could also get better. You can't be afraid to go from average to better. And to his point, it's not like Derek Carr has been taking this team to the playoffs every year. They have two yeah. playoff appearances in his nine-year tenure, no playoff wins. So what exactly are you giving up and risking? Are you risking that much? And mm -hmm. I get it. It's not all Derek Carr's fault why the Raiders haven't been making the playoffs. They've had bad defenses. Coaches have, have been in and out. There's been instability there. He is not all to blame. I'm not saying that. But he's definitely part of the problem. He hasn't been able to elevate them. So with that said, me as a younger fan, I've, I've watched Rich Gannon. I've watched Derek Carr. I've also watched Marcus Russell and Andrew Walter and Tuiasa Sopo and those guys. I would say, look, if you're looking to get better, if you want to compete with the Chiefs, if you want to compete with the Bengals, if you want to compete with the Bills and the AFC, you're going to have to take a swing. Yeah. No, well put. And and by the way, the, the slander against Rich Gannon by by some Raider fans, it blows oh, my mind. It just blows my mind. <laughs> Trying to minimize what he did for this team is crazy. But but a good point, and I think to Dennis's to Dennis's note, which is something we talked about on yesterday's show, which is yeah yeah you can do worse, but you have to take big swings in life. You always take risk, right? You take risk every time you walk out the door. Sometimes it might be yeah you know I might take this job over this other job. I have security or at least perceived security. Um, but boy, I could try this. But there's risk. Well, yeah, there's always risk. And when you try that, you have to. You can't be willing to tread what I called it treading water yesterday, right? Which is, yeah, the shore is 100 yards that way. The sea is 100 yards that way. I can stay here. It's nice and comfortable. The water's warm. I'm not moving very much. But, man, if I start swimming, i got to take a risk. I could get caught in the undertow. I could All that stuff comes up. But I think that I understand what he's getting to this point is you haven't won. And, Mo, the other question I had somebody ask me the other day is what other quarterback who can't – Forget all the, the, the instances of coaching changes, GM changes, all that stuff, playbooks. How many NFL quarterbacks in the history of the league have had 10 years to lead a team and have not won a playoff game? I mean, there, he's got to be one of maybe two, I think. I mean, that, there was a similar narrative about Matthew Stafford, right? Mm. Matthew Stafford didn't win anything in Detroit. And you saw what Matthew Stafford did with a with a better culture and a better football team. That could very well happen with Derek Carr. Yeah. But the but you have but you cannot and I think a lot of fans are worried about this. They're worried that if they trade Derek Carr and he goes somewhere else and wins, they go, see, 
All we needed to do was <laughs> fix everything around him, and he would have won us Super Bowl. And I will say that one team structure is not another team structure. So it just, as you've been saying for months now, it just may be over with him for the Raiders. He may mm-hmm. go somewhere else and be better. But the Raiders may also improve without him as well. It could be a win for both sides. It doesn't have to be one Derek Carr improves and does all of these great things and the Raiders fall apart. It could right. be great for both sides. But really quick, and I have to cut you off, I want to tell a quick story. I, I very rarely get personal on the show, but it goes with this point about the Raiders and wanting to move on. In 2015, I had a decent job. I was working in the library system, making decent money. But I wanted to do the whole sports thing. I wanted to be a content creator. I wanted to cover football teams and write for a living. But I had to take a risk. But with that risk, I had to take a step back financially and with a lot of other things that I won't mention on the show. But I had to take a loss initially. But I had faith that, okay, if I work hard enough, if I do this and this and that, I can get to where I want to be. And if the Raiders want to be a Super Bowl contending team, they may have to take a similar route where they say, okay, we're do we're average now. We're we're close, but not there yet. We're we we have something decent at quarterback, but we're not quite where we want to be. Take a risk. It could work yeah. out for you. Yeah, worked out for me. And and sometimes and yeah, thank goodness it did. But you took that risk. You, you knew. You, hey, I don't know about you guys. I do a plus and delta list. Like whenever I'm going to make a decision, <laughs> right? And I just accepted a new job just last month, and I took less money. Yeah, I took less money because the upside to me is greater. I get better satisfaction. I get better. I get to make more content. I get to do all kinds of cool stuff. So you sometimes you do that. And I also I'm going to use an NBA reference. You know how I feel about the NBA. But remember, LeBron James comes out and and joins the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then he left to go to Miami. Why did he leave Cleveland? It wasn't because LeBron James wasn't one of the best basketball players to ever put the shoes on because he is. Okay. I still think Jordan's better, but nonetheless, he's one of the best ever to play the game. Could he have won in Cleveland? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But he took the lead. Yes, I know they created a super team and all that stuff, but he needed the change of zip code. It wasn't helping anybody. And what happened after he left Cleveland? Cleveland actually got better so much so that he went back, correct? So he went back eventually home because he's from the area in Ohio And he went back and he won because it was a different organization with different talent and everything at that time. So I think to your point about it doesn't have to be one or the other, both sides can win here and there doesn't have to be any regret attached to it. It can just be, hey, time to move on. Thank you for your service and let's go our direction. Let's build for the future because that's what you have to do in the NFL, especially if you're going to upend the Chiefs and stay on target with the Chargers. The Broncos are a little bit behind just you don't have to worry about them for now, but Somebody like Peyton becomes their coach. Suddenly you got to worry about it. We'll see what happens. But so many unknowns and you just have to trust that the leadership knows what they're doing. And, and I want to say, I know we're going along with this question, but I want to yeah. add context to my story that while I was making the decision as the Reds going to have to deliberate with Derek Carr, the QB decision, there were people saying, you know, and I told people about, you know, should I jump ship with this job? I got good benefits. I got a decent pay. I got a decent salary. And there were people who were just like Raider fans saying, why would you give that up? You, you know, yes. you, it's not great, but it's it's pretty decent. You're giving up your benefits. You might you might be struggling for some years. It might not be good. Just as Raider fans, oh, you might decline. You might be four and thirteen for a while. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, I'm not where I want to be at this moment. 
Exactly. And to get to where I want to be, I'm going to have to take a risk because it hasn't worked out the way I wanted to for these past five, six years where I am right now. If you want better, sometimes you got to stand out on the limb and take a big swing. And the Raiders, I think, are at that point where they should really contemplate doing that with Derek Carr, considering two playoff appearances, zero playoff wins with him in Oakland and Vegas. There you go. Not only are you getting good football talk, but you get good life advice from Mr. Yeah. Moten there. So for the youngins out there, for the youngins out there listening, you can follow your yeah. dreams. Yes, it takes sacrifice sometimes, yeah. but sometimes that's what you got to do. All right. Thank you so much uh, for the question, Dennis. We appreciate that. All right. On to the next question, which has to do with Derek Carr again. And this one's a little similar, um, but it says, hey, guys. What is wrong with these people who refuse to accept Derek Carr played like crap on Christmas Eve? <laughs> I love that. I love the honesty there. Are they so intent on being right and not quote unquote losing an argument that they're disconnected from reality? You can like Carr and call out that he's had a subpar year. I think we need to keep him next season, even if we draft a young QB, but to deny he's a big part of the reason this team has struggled is ridiculous. I'm 45 years old and I'm getting more and more discouraged about the state of the younger fan base and for people who hinge their entire Raiders fandom on their love for one player. It's about the shield, not the name on the back of the jersey. RN4L, Raider Nation for Life, Jorge in North Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Thank you, Jorge. That was a good one. That was a good one. Love you for that, Jorge. I very rarely say I love you. Thank you, Jorge, for speaking <laughs> rationality. But go ahead, Scott. Sorry. No, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think about what he said because we've said this on this show, and and Jorge, I'm not taking, I'm not taking credit for your thoughts, but we've been saying this for weeks, right, and months actually, which is, two things can be right. Like, yes, it can't. It doesn't all have to be Derek Carr's fault, and yes, he can be playing like crap and not himself. They both can be, at the same time, correct. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it's a product, and I'm going to get a little philosophical here. I think it's part <laughs> of what our generation is today, right? Mm. So a lot of people are fans of certain people and political figures and public figures, I should say, and they're willing to ride with that person, whether that person is right or wrong, doing a good job or a bad job. They're going to ride it out with that person because that's what they've always done. And there's very little objectivity out there. I think we talk about this off air with our, with our good buddy, Evan Grote of Just Pot Baby. We talk about this a lot. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of people who, who could sit there and say, I like this person, but I can criticize this person because he or she is screwing up there. And I think that's the problem with a lot of, not a lot of, but with some fans is that they wear Derek Carr's jersey. They've supported Derek Carr for this long. They defended him. And they don't want to be wrong about, you know, <laughs> their side of the debate, their side of the argument. So they're just going to write it out and they're going to act like or minimize his mistakes and say, well, Derek Carr played like crap, but the defense has been bad all year. 
And Josh McDaniels is terrible. They'll deflect away from what Derek Carr is and what right. his performance is to talk about other things. And to Jorge's point, I, I think it's just with the younger fan, I don't want to blanket statement younger fans because some younger fans are ready to move on as well. But with a lot of fans, it's just they're a fan of Derek Carr. As he said, they're a fan of the player more than the team. And I've seen this. I know these are out there people, but they say, I'd rather the Raiders lose with Derek Carr than win with someone else. I've mm. seen real tweets. I've seen real people on accounts say this. And this is, goes to my point. They're more of a fan of the player, as Jorge said, than the Shield. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I, I don't... The, the, your political um, connection there is interesting because I do think that's how arguments go in political, no matter which side of the spectrum you're on. And I know we have people mm. on both sides of the the the, the red and blue spectrum because I hear from them. They send me direct messages all the time because they think I agree with them on some things and they have no idea actually where I sit. But nonetheless, they send me that <laughs> stuff and I just thank them for their comments and that's it. But, but I, I do think it is about being right a lot of the times. You want to be right. And when things point to you not being right, you just, you want to, you know, I'm just going to batten down the hatches because Double we down. see it in politics. Mm -hmm. We see politicians again on both sides of the aisle who are completely wrong, caught in bad situations, whatever. And they just deny it. Well, we have proof. No, it wasn't me. Like it's sort of like Bart Simpson from the Simpsons. Like I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And they're just going to stick to it. So I think, I think with the Derek Carr situation, that's what we see too with fans is they just don't want to give in because they don't want to be wrong. And so many people and, and I do. It makes me feel terrible for people that is this where they get their their support in life? Like they want to be right about something and then they feel validated for some reason. And really, it's sports, folks. This is football. It's a huge business. I understand that. Mo and I love being a part of it. But at the end of the day, life itself outside of this is much more important. And so... Look, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good guy. I don't care how many of the brothers have blocked me on Twitter. It doesn't matter to me. What, what I'm just going to tell you what I think about him. I don't always, I'm not always right about it. I don't know. I don't break down film, and I can't tell you every scheme and why I'm wrong about Derek Carr not throwing to this player. That's not my role. I'll let other people do that. And, and for those of you who like it, you can eat it up, and that's cool. But I'm going to tell you what I think, and I think that you, you have to be able to be okay with sometimes being wrong and saying, you know what? Love the dude. I would love to see what he could do elsewhere. You know, break my heart to see him go because he's one of my favorite players. But guess what? I, I want my team to win, and it just seems like it's not working out, so let's move on. I'm not sure if it was Jorge or the previous emailer, but they said they would draft the quarterback. It would keep Derek Carr and still draft the quarterback. Yeah, he did. And that's, Jorge said that. that yeah. yeah, and that's, that's where I am if – the Raiders have enough financial capital to improve that defense. If there's a way that they can keep Derek Carr and still draft the quarterback, I think that would be ideal. Mm -hmm. Now we'll see how much money they have to spend on defensive players or are they are their offensive line. But if you know if they're running low on cap room, that you can always restructure. I, I believe a previous email, Gary, I think Hark Reader brought that up. Restructuring contracts, you can also do that. But I think ideally you'd want to have a Derek Carr who you can win games with. He's proven yeah. that he can win, win games, but you have to start to look toward the future, whether you're going to keep him or not. You have to look toward the future because you and I both agree. We don't think he's going to be around that long and you don't get to pick top 10 very often in the NFL. So Hopefully you have not. to take, you have to take advantage of that draft position, draft the quarterback, look toward the future, whether Derek Carr is in the picture or not. And the bottom line is we don't know what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels think about Derek Carr's future 
in Las Vegas. We just don't know. Maybe they don't know. I don't know. I would think that they have some idea now mm -hmm. after what they've seen over the last six weeks, but we don't know for sure. So we were just guessing. But Jorge, thank you so much for your question. All right, we're going to get to our last question here. And it is another Derek Carr question, but this one is actually more forward-looking, so I appreciate it very much. Uh, and it comes from Frank in Lubbock, Texas. And this one was to you, Mo. It says, Mo, if we were to move on from Derek, uh, we can't just go with a rookie QB. What available veteran quarterbacks are out there that you'd sign as a guy to come in and keep us competitive but also help tutor a young draft pick? Love the show, guys. Should be a crazy offseason yet again, Frank, in Lubbock, Texas. And, Mo, you talked about this yesterday. You had one name. Tell everybody that if they didn't hear the show yesterday about a veteran that you think could be someone who could come in. And I use veteran loosely because the person you mentioned yesterday is very much a young veteran. And then maybe some other options if the Raiders were to draft a young quarterback but want somebody to also come in uh, and tutor if Derek Carr's gone. A young veteran, Mac Jones. I know he's not the tutoring type because he's still in developmental stages himself, but he knows the system. I like Mac Jones as a transition quarterback simply because he's only on the hook for $42.5 million next year. And coming off of a down year, you don't have to send the Patriots a whole lot of draft capital to get him. I, I would assume that you can probably get him for a day three pick or maybe a fourth rounder. Who knows? But it's not going to cost you a lot to bring in Mac Jones. Now, again, to, to the email's point, he's not the tutoring type because he's not a 30-year-old quarterback. He's probably looking for a starting job himself and to make himself in the league. So that's probably not going to fit what the reader, what the emailer is looking for. If you're looking for an older quarterback who can tutor a young rookie and you don't want to throw the rookie out immediately right away, I don't necessarily like this choice. But for, for the emailer, Jimmy Garoppolo would fit simply because Jimmy Garoppolo was in New England, so he is familiar with Josh McDaniel. So, you know, my thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is that he, he can't stay healthy. So mm. chances are there's like a 50-50 chance that you're going to have to play your rookie anyway if you get Jimmy Garoppolo because he's known for missing time. I mean, he's out right now, and that's why the 49ers are playing their third-string quarterback and Brock Purdy. I don't really like the Jimmy Garoppolo route. I don't really like the Tom Brady route. Tom Brady takes Wednesdays off. I think the Raiders need a guy who's going to be on the practice field every day. Tom Brady's going to be 46 years old. Plus, where the league is headed, you want a mobile quarterback. Tom Brady can't move. So if your offensive line is decimated, Tom Brady isn't as good, and we're seeing that now with Tampa Bay. Uh, if you're looking at a, a, just a place, a strictly a placeholder quarter, quarterback, I like Mike White. I think the Jets are going to bring back Mike White, but Mike White is a guy that doesn't know Josh McDaniel's system, but he's proven with two young wide receivers and Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. I know you got Tyler Conklin, CJ Usama. He moved the ball with the Jets in cold weather, by the way. So he, cold weather doesn't affect him. Uh, he went toe to toe with the Bills and 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 played pretty pretty well. Took some shots. But a guy like Mike White is a guy I like. Again, doesn't know the system as Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo may know it. Mm -hmm. But he's a placeholder type that he's not the answer. He's not a franchise quarterback. But if you, you can win games now <clears throat> while developing your, your young rookie quarterback, he's probably not going to be able to teach the system to a young rookie because he doesn't know the system himself. But as a placeholder, I like him. But as far as teaching the system to another quarterback – you're probably looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, and again, I have my reservations about him because of his injury history. Well, maybe not teaching the system, but what about a Gardner Minshew, somebody like that who has ability, 
Okay, he's not going to be a top 10 quarterback, any of that kind of stuff. Some fans have said, well, look what Baker Mayfield's doing. I wouldn't touch Baker Mayfield with a 10-foot pole because of the downside. I would t- I'd rather take Gardner Minshew than Bla- Baker Mayfield. Uh, what do you think of Minshew? The offenses he's run, obviously not McDaniel's offenses, but there is some similarities. He's not exactly a big mobile quarterback, but he does create outside the pocket and move well on his feet. Yeah, I talked about Minshew as I was paying tribute to Mike Leach and his passing, I said, the only reason I know about Minshew is because I watched him at Washington State when he was under Mike Leach. And I think, I know he, the Philadelphia Eagles lost that game and he had three turnovers through two picks, I believe, and had a fumble. But if you look at Minshew, he has starting experience in this league. He can move the ball. He is mobile. He's a guy that I would look at, look at as one of the, to me, he's one of the top backup quarterbacks in the league. So if you're looking right. at a guy to be a placeholder, he would also be at, at the top of my list, but I would also say this is not a this is not a, an option that's gonna knock your socks off or anything like that. But I wouldn't even rule out the Raiders just re-signing Jared Stidham because he has multiple years and Josh McDaniels system. Now you're not gonna probably you're probably not gonna win a lot of games with Jared Stidham, right? But if you just don't want to throw your rookie quarterback out right away because you don't think he's ready, Jared Stidham is 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 as a probable placeholder because again he knows the system and he can teach that to a rookie. Absolutely. Frank in Lubbock, Texas. Again, thanks for the question. And we'll, and this is all hinges on whether or not Derek Carr is back, which we have no clue which way that can go. Although I would anticipate, Mo, I, I'm still going into, and we'll get into this Thursday as we talk about the 49ers coming up this weekend. Uh, I still think these next two weeks will have a lot to do with that. I know over the last three weeks, especially Derek Carr has not looked good. The Steelers game was, uh, uh, to me, close to somewhat of a low for him. Um, and so you have two more weeks against two really good teams. Clearly the 49ers defense uh, head, head and shoulders above the Chiefs defense. Chiefs defense still pretty good. So you're going to see him have the opportunity to perform at a high level against two very good teams. And if he doesn't, uh, then maybe that'll sway uh, Ziegler and McDaniels one way or the other. Maybe it won't. Maybe they already have their mind made up. But I think from a fan perspective, whether or not this kind of desire to move on, which we're seeing grow and grow, which has no impact really on what they're going to do, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, we'll mm-hmm. see if that grows over time. But I think the next two weeks are going to really dictate how people feel about Derek Carr heading into the offseason. The other thing I want to make clear before we go off air is just because we're advocating for the Raiders to to add a quarterback doesn't mean we're blaming all of their issues on Derek Carr. <laughs> it just simply means that sure. the Raiders could take a chance to to find a player who has a higher ceiling than Derek Carr. And I right. think that's what people misconstrue a lot is that any talk of any criticism of Derek Carr, any talk of moving on, oh, you're blaming all this on Derek Carr, and that's not the case. It's how can we make this team better for the future? And I think that's what people have to look at it. Yes. For example, if Odyssey suddenly had Rich Gannon and Tim Brown saying, hey, we want to do the Raiders podcast. I don't think Odyssey would have any problem saying, hey, Scott and Mo, you're independent again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I would get it. I would understand that. Totally. We'd go do our thing somewhere else and I would be okay with it because I understand it's Rich Gannon and Tim Brown. Exactly. I get it. So, yeah, so you're right. And, and that's it. And, and I know some some of you will listen and you won't listen to what we're saying and you'll still think we're hating on people. And that's cool to listen. You you listen to what you want. You have your own opinion and you're welcome to it. Uh, but I know, as most of you who follow the show know from Mo and I both is we're going to kind of just tell it like it is doesn't mean we're always right. 
but we're always honest. We're always forthright. We'll always give you the benefit of the doubt as well. So we'll see. But what happens with Derek Carr, we won't know for several weeks here, but the time is rapidly approaching where we will know whether or not he'll be back. And so that'll be good. And then we can go from there. Mo, always fun, man. Some great questions again. It just blows my mind how, how much knowledge and, and, and I think um, level-headed knowledge our listener base has when they send in these questions. Absolutely. And I know you haven't spoke a lot about giving out t-shirts and everything but i think jorge deserves a t-shirt because okay, i'll mark it down i, I, st- I we still haven't gotten the t-shirts out from earlier in the season by the way that's my fault for those <laughs> that, listeners that's they're all coming good, i, I just, promise they're coming I, I just i love it when i hear fans inject some objectivity in their opinion yes and i know i'm a writer and i'm coming from a different you know lens mm. but i when he said you know i you know i wear Derek carr's jersey great guy but i think it's time to move on it's refreshing to hear because on when you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, you don't hear a lot of that. It's either no. I hate Derek Carr, I just want to see him go. A lot of derogatory statements, I don't engage in that. Or I love Derek Carr, I'm going to ride with him for for better or worse. And I think that we need to give a platform to people with that middle ground rational voice. We need to give more platform because I know we talk a lot about the extremes. I'm into giving people who have a rational opinion a bigger voice and larger platform. I think Jorge hit it on the head there with his email. Yeah. And I think too, in, in a time where we also see corporate media, by the way, which we're technically part of here at Odyssey, but we have more freedom, I think than some do, but corporate media increasingly more friendly with players and teams because of the business involved. So you don't always get kind of the biting truth that you sometimes need to hear. And I want to give credit to one of the writers um, and that's Tashawn Reed at The Athletic, who has been very, very, I think, objective and, and using statistics-based and, and just having watched all the games and practices that he does. He's been very honest. And I know, you know, I, Derek Carr blocked him a long time ago, but, but I know, I know that the family probably does not like Tashawn because he's been very open about it, not, not in a judgmental way other than just using what has happened Game, game proof, game watching, statistics, data, all that stuff. So it, it's refreshing to see a young writer too, Mo, by the way, mm-hmm. who covers a beat, has to face those guys in the room every day, by the way. You and I don't. Mm-hmm. We're not in the room. I used to go to the press conferences, but now I'm not there. You, when you have to face somebody face-to-face after you just kind of pointed out that they're not doing well in, in a major publication like The Athletic, you know, you got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I want to I wanna just give a shout-out to Tashawn because he's been – doing that a lot, especially over the offense, uh, and really, to me, has covered the the decline of this offense in the Raiders system uh, over the last four weeks better than anybody. So shout out to that. But that's, look, you just tell the truth. Some people right. don't like to hear the truth, and you just have to deal with it and let the cards fall where they may. So that is what it is. But thank you guys all for your questions. Mo, will be back tomorrow. We'll start to look ahead a little bit at this 49ers team. You talk about a challenge for this offense. They haven't faced a defense this good in a long time. Absolutely. And I think it's going to, and like I said, I don't want to predict now how Derek Carr is going to perform, but I think, as you said, there are two more games for him to audition to prove, you know, why he deserves to stay or why the Raiders shouldn't move on and stick with him for another year or Mm -hmm. two or three. But this is a big game for him because if, if he, he can prove him, he can play well against arguably again, the number one defense in the league. I think it goes a long way in his evaluation this year. So we'll see what happens with that. It does. It'll be fascinating. And you'll all be here with us 
on Silver and Black today to talk about that. All right, Mo, we'll talk to you on Thursday, my man. To break it down, more car wars, maybe. In between <laughs> oh, uh, Porter and Adorator talk, we'll see. I'm sure we're going to have more car wars unless he's, he's jettisoned by the organization via trade or release. And we'll have to talk about it probably through next season. We'll see. We'll, who knows? Uh, but we'll be here to talk about it. All right, buddy. Uh, for Mo Moten, I'm Scott Cobranson. For our producer, David Stepani, and for everybody here at the Odyssey Network, we appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow, our last show before the end of the year. 2022 has been so great. Thank you for being so good to all of us here as well. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow, Raider Nation. Take care.